0: Welcome to Echoes of Holiness Podcast. First of all, I would like to say thank you from Brother Larry and Sister Edith Duke, their family, for all of your prayers. I say thank you from Gypsy Holiness Church, your prayers for our church. And thank you from Sister Janice and I for your prayers for our family and for our son. We left the house five minutes after Adrian did last week to go to church. And uh, he was coming down here and we come the next evening. He brought Gary Duke to this camp meeting uh, July the 3rd. They uh, snuck down here a birthday cake for Sister Janice that would be the next day, July the 4th. Send in a birthday cake with two teenage boys for two hours. It did have a messed up corner where uh, they sampled it on the way down as boys would do. And then the next afternoon, that night in this service, they were in these altars praying. And, uh, you know, those are precious memories for the family right now. And when you're gone, that's all that counts. And uh, Gary drowned. We had his service Monday. The Lord has moved in a very wonderful way, comforting the family, helping our son. He felt so heavy to invite a young man to camp meeting, go by and pick him up, have such fun together here, swimming, and then looking forward to getting ready for church again the next night and then to bring a boy to camp meeting and not take him back home has had such an impact on him. But I had rather my sons were taking boys to camp meeting as anywhere else in the world I know. I'd rather They were giving somebody another ride to the house of God than anything else they could be doing. Gary was just 20 days from his 17th birthday. My son will be 18 in August. At these ages, young men can be lots of places and doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. And it's better, they were in the altars, and in the house of God. In the first verse, I don't know how much preaching I can do to you today, but I pray that I can say something that will be a help to you. Verse 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like it unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. While well, they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Uh, Brother Larry Duke, also I need to thank you for the offering that was taken the other night for them that has helped them in the expense of uh, this service that they've had may God bless you for your giving the cards uh, the flowers the letters the phone calls it is uh, beautiful to see how God's people has reached to help and comfort and be with them at a time like this now I'm reading to you some scriptures that uh, are common to most of us and there are several things that uh Uh, I would like to spend some time with, and I don't know how much uh, that I need to spend with each one of them. First of all, I want you to know that this is Jesus speaking here. This is our Lord. This isn't the pastor's opinion. This isn't the parent's opinion. This isn't the friend's opinion. This is the Lord speaking. He titled them virgins. Clean and pure. He gave them that title. The judge of all the earth realized how good this part in their life was. But he had to admit here that five of them were wise and five were foolish. So while I talk to you about the part that there are ten virgins, now I know everybody doesn't see all the scriptures eye to eye and people fuss and argue and debate about parts and some people get one little deal and they write it and that's all they want to do is tear everything up that isn't just like theirs if the bible condemns it you're already condemned you have no argument you have no debate you have no excuse it is not the year we're living in isn't it is its not circumstances it's because the fact is your heart did not want to be true to god but as we look at this here and we see that uh, they, they were uh, a time here, the bridegroom, Terry. Uh, the Scripture told us uh, that uh, the question would be asked, and I believe it was Peter that said uh, uh, that it, they would ask, where is the promise of His coming? For we have heard it since our fathers fell asleep. Probably every one of us here that had anything to do with church from childhood was taught that the Lord is fixing to come. I've heard it in my life. Several of you, a lot older than I am, heard it all of your life. There was a book written, uh, 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Coming Back in 88. That was written and sold uh, a tremendous amount of volumes back in 1988. The thing about it is, is we're halfway in 97, And He still hasn't come yet. But that do not take away the promise. He is coming. There was a church group that let go farms and other businesses and waited in a little farmhouse in Arkansas several years ago because the Lord was coming. And I don't remember how long they waited and what all they lost and let go in businesses and such like and realized they made a mistake but that doesn't take away the fact He is coming a preacher gathered his congregation in the desert of Arizona and while they were out there in the heat of the desert and on a dry mountaintop watching for the coming of the Lord three times they gathered on mountains three times they followed the preacher out there three times he promised them I missed it again But He's still coming. He's right. He is still coming. To save you a lot of trouble on what I just told you, Jesus warned us and told us, no man knew the day nor the hour. If they say He's in the desert, don't go down there. You don't have to let go of everything around you, and I don't have to because we're concerned about His coming But the valuable fact of it is, is being ready. Jesus said, Occupy until I come. First of all, that means be saved. Then it means, mothers, you're going to have some laundry to do. You're going to have some meals to cook. You're going to have some families to take care of. Men will still provide the living by the sweat of their brow and take care of their family. But all in the knowing fact, He is coming. And at midnight, now you and I know that the way God has created this world and the way the time changes and whatever time it might be here right now, 11, 11.30 or whatever, just a few states away, it's hour, it's two hours, and on into the Pacific Ocean, there is a place that it's even a whole day change out there in the ocean. I had Navy men tell me that when they were in the services that sometimes if it wasn't going to war the ship would cross it twice as a special holiday as Christmas or such and then tell you you just had two Christmases that year because they were trying to get you to realize where you was on this earth. At midnight doesn't necessarily mean here at 12 o'clock at night because when it's midnight here somewhere on the other side it's daylight it's daytime but what midnight means is darkness is covering the land and gross darkness is covering the people and we are living in a dark hour Our nation's in a dark hour. Uh, When we have, I can't help, I'm not here to argue with you, Democrat or Republican. Uh, A few years ago, Gary Hart was front runner of the Democrat Party, and they caught pictures of him down in the Gulf of Mexico uh, with an attractive woman in a bikini. Uh, They said, you know the rest of the story, and it brought down his political career. Uh, We have one you may have helped vote for twice uh, in the White House that could care less about morals. I'm telling you, America is in a midnight hour. Our world is in a midnight hour. Our land is in a midnight hour. When we Americans have financed with tax dollars, more abortions than Hitler killed Jews, it's dark in America. When sins run rampant, through the pulpits across America that our preachers hit the pulpit ablaze because of Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart But then we had to drop our head and wipe the tears from our eyes because holiness preachers was just as guilty as anything the others did in the Baptist or the Assembly or anybody else. And our hearts are broken. It's a dark time. But don't forget in the dark hour that we're living in, there is yet to be a cry made. Behold the bride. Groom cometh, uh, go ye out to meet him. And I don't mind telling you, uh, Jesus Christ uh, on the third day uh, came out of the tomb, uh, was about 40 days on this earth, went back to the right hand of the Father, uh, and even if Christianity in number is a lot further behind than Catholicism or, or Mohammed or some of the other religions in this whole world. That doesn't make a bit of difference. You can bow to the idol of Buddha and tell us now we believe in the God but Buddha is just as valuable to us as Jesus Christ is to you. You can pray to Mohammed and tell us that he's just as valuable to you as Jesus Christ is to the Christian. You can pray to Harry Krishna and Jim Jones and David Koresh. You can sit in the Vatican. You can kiss the Pope's gold ring. But one day, uh, one great day, there will be a shout in the portals of glory. A holy angel will arise Rise, uh, raise the trumpet to his lips uh, and give a mighty blast you may have heard the old black preacher said years ago and I know this is just this is just feelings and talk it's not scripture but the old black preacher said that one day Gabriel walked into the throne room and saw that silver trumpet upon a shelf and said God Would you let me play that one? He said, Not yet, Gabriel. It's for special occasions. And Gabriel took it down. And he said, God, let me just barely, just barely give a little blast on it. He said, Gabriel, so softly and gently is all you can do. And Gabriel put it up to his lips and carefully blew. And when he did, Enoch walked in. He said several years later, Gabriel was asking again, would you let me play that trumpet up there on that shelf? And the father let him take it down and said, just gently, just barely, Gabriel. And Gabriel gave a little blow on it. And and in come a chariot of fire and brought in the prophet Elijah. He said, Gabriel has been back in the throne room again. He's got his eyes on the trumpet again. And God told him, not yet, Gabriel, but the next time, I want you to blow it as hard and loud as you can. I know that in Scripture. But I'm telling you we're waiting a day that the trumpet's are going to sound and the dead Christ are going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet in the Lord in the air. and so shall we ever be with him. We're not there yet, but I'm telling you we'd better be ready. You see, the week has been easier this week with the hope of a young man that was ready. No, that doesn't mean there's not a hurt. It doesn't mean there's not a broken family and not a dark night. But oh, that blessed hope, that is. But to we that are left behind, would you check today? if there's anything we need to do, it's make sure we're ready. I talked to you about those other prophets. I want to tell you now why we need to take a look at them. At verse 6, the last sentence there. In this verse, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet Him. You know when the Lord comes back, and folks declare that they're atheist and that there is no God in going to mean a thing. He's still coming. The Catholic Pope who is now in power a few years ago, I read it in national newspapers. You may have read it. But he tried to put it in every newspaper. God had supposedly spoken to him. And he needed to tell the whole world that God had given permission to him or his Catholic priest under him to forgive anybody of their sins. And they had no reason to pray to God. They must come to them and come through them to ever get saved. You can speak the greatest blasphemy you know, but there will be a day the trumpet sounds and our Savior is coming back. What if the majority of the world don't believe Jesus is the Son of God? is isn't going to stop a thing. What about if other religions have more people praying to their great gods and their idols than we have realizing Jesus is coming back? It won't stop Him from coming. He's coming in power. He's coming in glory. What we've got to do is be sure we're ready. What other value is it in life to find that people have give fortunes Uh, I read of a missionary that went over to China. And while he was over there in China, he began to work in an area and, of course, the temple, the Buddha temple in that area, uh, began to, of course, check his work real close and watch him. They brought him to their temple to try to persuade him into their religion. They had a special block wall built, a room, In the block wall of the block building, they had a little window hole. In that room, they had blocked in what they called their holy man. You see, if you build a block building, and you have no door, and you make a little block opening and leave a little hole, you can feed that man, you can give him water to drink, But since he doesn't walk through life like the rest of us, he cannot get out of that block building, then you assume he must be pure because he doesn't meet the temptations along the way of life. You just tell him your religion and you keep him in there where he's never tempted. I want to tell you if they block it all up, if they block it all up and his heart's not right with God, their religion isn't going to do him a bit of good. So the cry came, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and for you. But go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Verse 10. In verse 10, while they went to buy, I can't help where they went. One songwriter said, and I may not get the verse just right right here, but he said, I never dreamed I'd see the day the church was filled to capacity. And he talked about so many that had come to pray. He said, But they came one day too late. He was writing a song about the Lord coming as if he would come yesterday and the church be filled with praying people today. I cannot help where they went to buy. They didn't get in. I can't help if they decided, I'm going to church. They didn't get in. I cannot help if they prayed wonderful at the altar in that verse right there. Wherever they went did not benefit. It did not benefit. And and there's something here, as uh, even our children... And our young people need, need to be very aware of. And uh, these foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. The wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. Uh, God blessed. Brother Gary Duke was born to a wonderful couple. This was a couple that is very faithful to the house of God. This is a couple that uh, you could start church 20 minutes early on them. I mean, they're they're just that way. They're there, and they're there early. They're there because they want to be there. Uh, But there comes a time. Their health, uh, though they're young, they've had a lot of trouble with their health the last few months. But after Gary got his driver's license, when he was a boy growing up, The question in that home was never, are we going to church tonight? If it was church night, they knew they were going. And they knew to be ready early. That's the way his folks always went to church. There and there early. Because they wanted to be. But there come a time just in the last few months that their health wasn't as good. And though his parents didn't get to come every service, there would be their names called in prayer request. And I know part of their health condition could be part of what their life has been. You see, his mother just gave up her mother the day before Thanksgiving just last fall. And so that's been a, a heavy load to them also. And now, in just a short time, her son. But in the last few months of not being well, and the parents that always took him to the house of God, you know, it thrilled me being his pastor when I saw his parents wasn't there. But now he has his driver's license. He came on. You're going to need something for yourself. My parents taught me, right? We come to this camp meeting when I was a little bitty boy. I've known some of you for years. I've seen you as a child growing up. And it would be Mount Tabor, Blanchard, and Hobbs, and Raisin City, and so many different meetings around the nation. But there comes a time, children. You need more than just what mom and daddy taught you. You need more than just mom and daddy's living good. You know, there was a time that I would go to school and somebody would ask me something about church and my answer might be that's the way our church believes. There might be a, a, a time I say that's what our preacher preaches. But there come a time I got saved that it didn't matter who asked the question now. The answer is, I'm a Christian. There comes... Times along the road that you're going to need Him. But when it's all over, you're really going to need Him. And how great it is that you're not counting on somebody else's oil. Because the truth is, just like the wise men told the foolish, though the foolish didn't have enough, you've got to have your own experience. For we could rely on our parents and they'll help us. How many times have you gone heavy-hearted to church and the preacher had the very scripture that you wasn't eaten, a testimony had the very verse you wasn't eaten, a song was the very song you needed to hear and you drew strength from it. But though we have been a help and though we have been an encouragement, and though we have been strength to each other along the way and drawn from each other, yet there has to be something in our own hearts. A young man told me one time, but I didn't think he lived like the devil, as sorry as could be lived. He said, but I never believed that I would go to hell for my daddy was a holiness preacher. He thought God would override everything else because of that. I want to tell you that brought him the gospel many times in life. There was a blessing in prayer for his lost soul. But when you meet God, it's going to take more than what mama did. It's going to take more than what daddy did. It's going to take more than the church you went to. it's going to take more than your friends. It's going to take something in your own soul that when the bridegroom comes and the cry is made, go ye out to meet him. Oh, Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. How flimsy is it that people make their excuses. One day several years ago, I told my wife, I said, I want you to be in prayer for me today. The Lord Lord has dealt with me to go to an area, and I'm going to invite people to church. I don't know who I'll be talking to. Uh, Some of them I will see as people uh, that have one time had an experience with God. Uh, I don't know who else I'll be dealing with. Uh, I went to a man's house, uh, and I sat down with him. Uh, I talked to him many times, uh, and I asked him, I said, let me ask you speak plainly why won't you come to church he said brother Larry uh, I saw people claim to be Christians uh, and the way they acted Uh, I knew Christians didn't act that way I don't know about you uh, but I bowed my head uh, and said I'm sorry but you're right we have produced some first class hypocrites you're right. You are not ready. And all he's interested in is he gave Jesus. Jesus gave his life. Have you got your name in the Lamb's book of life or not? And when you want to tell him about who you're pointing your finger at, he ain't going to take it. You better be ready. I dealt with others, I went home, I sat down and began to talk to Sister Janice, and I said, you know, in the little bit of time I've been out today, and in just one day, I have heard such frivolous, pitiful excuses on why people can't go to church, or why they don't want to be a Christian. I heard it in one day. What has God heard in all of these years? He isn't interested who your old bitter heart hates. We chase after other things. Let's let's take the two Scriptures. I believe it's Matthew and Luke, if I'm not mistaken. It's a great supper and a marriage supper and the invitations are given. The excuses are made. And I know this is the Jews, and then they go back to the hedges and the highways and they compel them to come in. And it brings in us Gentiles there. It is the Kingdom of Heaven. It is the plan of salvation. But, back to the excuses. One of them said, I bought some land. Another one said, I have bought some oxen. And another one said, I have married a wife. All of them said, I cannot come. When you get through making your excuse, heaven usually puts them in one of those three places. It's your occupation. It's your possessions. And it's your companionship. And as far as heaven's messengers are concerned. You got the message. You gave an excuse. God will put them in those three categories, and He ain't interested in any of them. What He's trying to do is get us ready. That's what He's trying to do. That's what He's wanting to do. And when our time comes, that's what we must have taken care of. And we cannot, as we see so plainly today, we cannot wait till we're old to decide. I was called to a hospital. The family backed up so quickly when I walked in the door. They raised in the house of God. They believed in prayer. Their mother had fasted and prayed many years for them. And one of them even climbed up in bed with the sick one and said, you better pray, you're dying, you better pray, you better pray. And while they encouraged them, they got out of the way, they wanted me to come in. No visiting, no talking, we're desperate, we want you to go right into prayer. We need God right now. And I prayed for the one that looked like they could lose so easily, but I turned and asked the rest of them, what about you? But because they wasn't the one in the hospital bed. Because they wasn't the one that the doctor was given no signs of hope for Because they wasn't the one that it looked like it was about over. They planned on praying. They planned on getting saved. And church, they want you to know, don't forget to pray for them. And preacher, before you leave, remember to pray for them. But as far as them right now, don't you understand? They're still healthy. They're still doing fine. They're still breathing good. Everything seems okay right now. So they personally don't see how bad they need God right now. Two or three years ago, we left my oldest son's high school graduation. I knew I left before he did. We was gathering back in our church. A lot of the church folks would be over together with us. Uh, for graduation get together afterwards uh, over in our old church there. And while we were less than a mile and a half from our house and almost back home, we come over a little hill. And when we did, there was all the flashing lights and the road was blocked. Knowing the community and knowing it might be somebody and somebody quickly said in our car, I hope it's none of the graduates so quickly gone just graduated I felt a relief knowing I left before my son but had there been a possible way of him getting ahead of me I knew there was a slight chance but probably not that it was him it was nobody that had been to the graduation but there was a couple having marriage trouble That day they had worked on getting it fixed and back together. The last few days they were trying to get it back together. That night she was home making phone calls. Have you seen my husband? At that very moment, he had picked up another girlfriend. Him and his nephew and their two girlfriends was flying high over the hills and there they hit a harvester. And the girlfriend of the driver who was supposed to be fixing his own marriage, when I walked up to the pickup and told him who I was and being a preacher in the community, they usually uh, are, are easier to give me family names and I understand legally what they can and can't do there. And I don't try to put them under any pressure on that. But a lot of times they're looking for us to try to help the families and so if I show up sometimes it's a quicker help to them and so when I walk up somebody said preacher and give me the names and said you know these names you may not be acquainted with these people said the lady in the pickup was taken out in an instant of time, when they flew over that hill and caught that harvester. The other three are on their way to the hospital. She's gone into eternity. She's covered with a sheet. But if you'll pull the sheet off, what she clings to is her beer. What a way to leave here! Her last moments on this earth and the thing she holds so tightly to while life slips away is her beer. Oh, God, we have this opportunity. We have this Let's not ever count it lightly that we're in the house of God. Let's not ever count it lightly that he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. For how brokenhearted would I stand before you today if I knew Gary Duke didn't pray and always went the other direction. But it is easier. And we can say with the family with Apostle Paul weep not as them that have no hope for the treasure that we hold is eternal life. The treasure that we hold is a sure foundation. The treasure that we hold is when my herd is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There is a friend that Sticketh closer than a brother. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe, and their family favorite. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, the value of being ready. Oh, the treasure of being ready uh, and when Jesus comes uh, they the Lord ain't gonna stop uh-huh. And if it is before then uh, that He calls for you, uh, may I plainly tell you uh, when the death angel comes, uh, he'll not admire an automobile. Uh, He'll not admire our clothes. Uh, He doesn't care what you spend. Uh, He'll not count your uh, acres. Uh, He'll not admire your home. Uh, He comes and takes the Spirit back to God who gave it. And that's all. We push and we shove for gain down here. We fuss and we fight for position down here. And comes a day we leave it all behind. You better be holding on to something more than just push and shove. Bitterness and envy. Hatred and malice lust and the gain of this old world, you better have something that will take you home when you leave here. May the Lord bless you.